Hello, welcome to Joy of Politics. My name is Kevin White, and I'm your host here. Thanks for joining us. For this episode, I thought we would talk about one of the more widely misunderstood ideas in, polit in politics, which is Marx's theory of alienation, um, which for me is actually a really fun topic. Um, it has a lot of really interesting philosophical ideas. Um, even if you don't necessarily agree with them, I think they're a lot of fun to sort of parse through. Um, now, there's this common misconception that Marx's theory of alienation is that you're alienated from your work if you can't afford the things that you make. And that's not really accurate. Um, for example, like, you know, artists like Michelangelo um, probably wouldn't be able to afford to commission themselves to make their own works of art. But they those artists are in most respects not really alienated um, in a Marxist sense. So this is something that I often see sort of misunderstood, so I thought I would talk about it for a few minutes. Um, now, in Marxist terms, um, alienation basically refers to when something that should be closely connected to you or something that's a part of you is separated from you. And it, you know, it, it's when something like that is made foreign or alien to you, hence the hence the word alienation. Now, a few things that we should talk about, um, just as to set the stage. One is that, you know, especially in Marxist philosophy, but I think, you know, this is a good way of looking at things in general, is that economics is about also social relationships. It's not just about resource allocation when we buy or sell things, when we do the things that let that help make society run. Um, we put ourselves in different types of relationships with our fellow human beings. And economics is not just about resource allocation, it's also about those relationships and what form as they take. Now, Marx believed, and um, this might sound familiar if you're into Nietzsche at all, but I actually think that Marx took this in a lot more interesting places than Nietzsche did. Uh, Marx believed that people, that part of, um, part of the human condition is wanting to, well, change the world, basically. Part of the human condition is wanting to see your labor alter and change the world, you know, whether that, whether that be in a big way or a small way. Um, Marx believed that, you know, having some agency, having some say over how, how the work that you do is done and seeing how your, um, seeing how your labor and your presence in the world uniquely changes it, um, that's Marx believed an intrinsic part of the human condition is wanting that thing. One other thing to consider is that Marx was writing specifically about Western European industrial capitalism. Now, a lot of these ideas um, have broader um, applications and broader implications, but um, this is the condition that Marx was specifically writing about, um, is Western European industrial capitalism, so we'll keep that in mind. Now, to sort of um, talk about alienation, one th one um, sort of the example that I've been thinking would be good to use is to think about two cooks who make hamburgers. One one cook, um, one guy who owns a, a who owns his own little hamburger um, store, um, a little hamburger just corner shop on some. Um, or pushcutter or something on a street corner somewhere, and one guy who works at 
in a McDonald's. And say for the sake of argument, um, because it won't really matter, say for the sake of argument that the two cooks, um, at the end of the day, their take-home pay and their hours are basically the same. So, um, so the guy at with his own hamburger stand, he has a say in in this end product and how he, he, he decides how he works and he decides um, what the recipe is. He decides what the presentation is. And, you know, he, he doesn't have total freedom because he still has to make a living people. You know, he still has to have people come eat his hamburgers, but um, you know, he does have some freedom and, you know, he's presented with the problem of, you know, how to make a living with a hamburger stand and he can decide on his, you know, he can decide his own best solution for the problem of advancing his hamburger stand and, and making a living that way. So he has, you know, he has a say in his recipe and the presentation, how he treats the customers and all, all, all this other stuff. And, you know, that has a change that changes the world, albeit, you know, we might think of it as a small change, but it, you know, it's, it's noticeable, you know, the, um, he, the guy at the hamburger stand can see the you know if the if the customer likes the hamburger then he'll be able to see that and you know if somebody's day might be made better um, or lots of people's day might be made better because of the decisions that this person made now contrast this to somebody um, to somebody working as a cook at, at McDonald's. You know, one of the selling points of McDonald's is that their cuisine is essentially identical everywhere, at, at least, at least in principle and at least pretty much, you know, you go to, um, you can go anywhere in the country and really nowadays just about anywhere in the world and McDonald's hamburgers will taste pretty much exactly the same. Um, at least if the employees are doing what they're being paid to do, um, you know, a good McDonald's employee is probably more or less defined, um, or at least a good McDonald's cook is somebody who is more, is more or less defined as somebody who does the job efficiently and exactly to specifications. So they don't really have any freedom to make any of these sorts of decisions that the independent cook might, um, would have been able to make. And the end product that the, and the experience of the customer is not really a, is again um, generally at least if the staff are doing what they're paid to do, not really very different um, based on who are, who the staff working there are. You know, maybe sometimes there might be special occasions or some staff member might go out of their way to make somebody's day special. But generally, if you know if the staff are doing um, you know, what they're supposed to do, your experience at one McDonald's will be pretty much the same as your experience at, at another McDonald's. And the specific group of staff that are there won't really change that experience. And, you know, a cook at McDonald's might, in principle, not even, rec you know, might not even recognize whether a particular hamburger was made by them or by somebody else. And for Marx, this is sort of what it means to be alienated from the products of your labor. You create something, but there's none of your own individuality, none of your own personality, none of your own soul in that creation. It's alien to you. Now, you know, again, this phenomena was never unique to industrial capitalism, but it was greatly expanded under industrial capitalism because so many products went from being handmade to being factory made. You know, if um, if somebody makes a tapestry by hand for you versus, you know, so, um, 
a ta- versus buying a tapestry that was made in a factory. Those are very different experiences for both the buyer and the and the creators. Another instance of another type of alienation is the idea that industrial capitalism especially alienates us from the social relationships that are embedded in our economy. Um, so take the hamburger cooks again. So if I go to the cook at the corner burger stand or the push cart, you know, if I like the food, I can look him in the eye. I can tell him that I like the meal and I can maybe shake his hand. Um, and, you know, I have something of a social relationship, even if it's passing social relationship, I have something with, um, I'm, or rather I'm aware of something um, of a social relationship with that person. And, you know, even if I go to a sit down place where the cooks usually work in the back, I, you know, maybe I can, I, um, I can maybe tell one of the servers to relay my compliments to the chefs. Um, and maybe the chefs can look out and see how I'm enjoying the meal or whatnot. Whereas, you know, at a, at a McDonald's where everything is supposed to be uniform, um, you know, how often does it ever occur to anyone to compliment a cook at McDonald's um, for doing, um, or at least for um, management might if they're doing, if they're good managers, but how often does it occur to a customer of McDonald's to compliment the cooks at a McDonald's? Um, yeah, I bet it happens, but I also bet that it's very, very rare. So um, in Marx's view, this is something that's sort of intrinsic to the human condition. You know, Part of, part of being human, Marx thinks, is sort of having this recognition that your, um, that your economic activity is also social activity, and that you keep other people alive, and that you influence other people through your labor, and that they do the same to you. And and Marx thinks that you know recognizing that is an you know is an important and intrinsic part of the human condition, and it's something that is not entirely but largely taken away from us um, under capitalism. And you know I think this is something we can see in our day to day lives. You know how many how many of the products that we buy day to day do we really think you know how how often do we think at all about the social relationships between us and the people who made those products. Um, and again, this isn't unique to capitalism, but it has expanded greatly under capitalism. Now, there's um, there's other ways that Marx um, says that, you know, capitalism... Um, capitalism sort of it causes or increases different types of alienation. Another one is that Marx says that we're sort of um, that workers as a class are alienated from each other. So, in you know, so Marx actually almost thinks of labor as this almost sacred thing, and you know, because it, it's what allows humans to both survive and it's what allows us to um, ideally to express our individuality, or at least it's one of the things that allows us to express our individuality. Now, in capitalism, workers sell their labor on the market, so that's already a, a one level of alienation because you know it's you have this thing that's um, supposed to be you know at least in Marx's view is supposed to be almost sacred, and it's converted into something that's basically just another commodity. It's um, it, it's almost like reverse. It's almost almost like reverse. 
you know, reversing the blessing of holy water. It's like taking holy water and, and turning it into regular water. You take you take labor um, and turn it into just a regular into just a regular commodity. And so we're alienated from our role in society that way, and we're also alienated for, alienated from each other because we're set in competition against each other when we should be working together to to advance you know to advance the human condition. Now, I think um, so. There's other um, ways in Marxism that we're that alienation is caused through capitalism or is exacerbated through capitalism but um, those are some of the some of the main and I think some of the more interesting ways now I do think that Marx some of Marx's premises are de debatable like for example I don't think it's necessarily an intrinsic part of the human condition um, to 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 fundamentally or strongly change the world I do think it's maybe a fundamental part of your uh, of the human condition to see to, to want to see how your labor affects society um, but I you know I do think that people can be perfectly happy without fundamentally changing the world as long as we have some sense of freedom freedom and agency as to what our futures will look like but even so I think that we do see um, alienation and its effects in uh, quite often in the way that society operates. Um, for example, I think this is one reason that professions um, where there's less of a degree of alienation, such as artists and writers and musicians, um, I think that that's one re this is one reason that those professions are very highly sought after. And for that matter, um, yeah. And I also think that we see it in, you know, how many people feel disconnected and, you know, we even we even use this word nowadays, alienated from society at large. You know, I don't think that we can separate being alienated from society with feeling alienated from the labor that we do. You know, those things are too closely connected to separate. Um, there's this common idea um, that Marx, that Karl Marx, and um, that Karl Marx, Marx sort of envisioned a world of uniformity where everybody would be the same and everybody um, and nobody would be able to express their individuality and nobody would be able to excel at their um, talents. And that's a pretty major misconception, um, as you've probably as you've probably gathered. Like many misconceptions about Marx, you know, pro I think that propaganda had a lot to do with it. You know, Marx is a as we'll talk, probably talk about many times, Marx was a very strident, um, very um, and really very cogent critic of capitalism, and you know it was in the interests of capitalist societies to try to discredit his work as much as possible. And I will say, you know, the, um, the Soviet Union will um, talk later. This is a this is a subject for another podcast. Probably we'll talk later about you know the ways that the Soviet Union might or might not have actually sort of lived up to or followed Marxist um, political philosophy. But you know they 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 certainly claim to, and I think it's fair to say that at least often they tried. And I think that you know to say that the Soviet Union often didn't encourage individuality, that's probably a fair critique of their political system, and it's one that actually many Soviet um, artists and political philosophers made. Um, I think you know I think we overestimate how many how much freer American artists and whatnot are to express their individuality but again that's um, maybe a, a topic for another time um, I will also say that you know in capitalist societies there seems to um, especially in the United States there seems to be sort of a tendency to think that we express our individuality within the political economic system 
um, largely or even mostly in terms of sort of what we buy or sell, whether those things are goods or labor, you know, our um, other people's goods or our own labor, you know, what type of job we decide to take. I mean, you know, what form of labor we decide to sell. And Marx encourages us to think beyond that. There's a lot more um, types of freedom than that. There's a lot more ways to express individuality than that. And in truth, Marx was very concerned about human individuality. That was actually one of the biggest concerns um, that he talked about in his in his writings, especially in especially in Capital. And um, he was really concerned about how. Um, capitalist economics, especially industrial capitalist economics, could suppress um, our human individuality. So, um, I hope that helps um, clear up a little, uh, at least a little bit, or at least some of the basics of what um, alienation means in in Marxist ideologies. Again, you don't have to agree with it. I think you know there's a lot to be there. There are things to be criticized there, and there's also a lot to learn. So, thanks for joining us for. Um, this time around, and we'll see you next time.